Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of The Infertile Diagnosis. I'm your host, Monica Cox, along with Sarah Clark, and we're here to support, inspire, and educate those who are all consumed with the label of infertility. We totally know how you're feeling. Both Sarah and I were diagnosed with a form of infertility before we hit our 30s. We let the fertility experts dictate our past and ignored what our bodies were trying to tell us for far too long. So here we are, helping you take control of your infertile diagnosis. This episode of the Infertile Diagnosis brought to you by Fab Fertile Couples Coaching Program. This program is a unique program that will allow you to take a targeted approach to your fertility. We have found that including your partner in the program sets you up for success as you embark on your family building journey. Your partner may deal with infertility differently than you, but that does not mean they are not equally impacted. This program will layer in functional medicine strategies that focus on your health and well-being while giving you both a positive outlook for the future. Go to fabfertile.com, that's F-A-B-Fertile.com, and click on book a free call. That's fabfertile, F-A-B-Fertile.com, and click on book a free call. Okay. Hello, we are now on episode 10 of the Infertile Diagnosis. Thank you so much um, for listening. Uh, We have hit over a thousand listens, so I think that's pretty good for this wee little podcast. Um, Today, we are going to talk about why isn't my fertility diet working for me? Because as we all know, we want to be pregnant yesterday. We feel like we've put in a lot of hard work with changing things up and even three, six months down the line, we're still not pregnant. Um, So we want to dive into kind of a lot of reasons why this could happen, right? And before we continue on, I wanted to thank Sarah for sponsoring this episode. Thank you. (laughs) So um, why do you think, what's your kind of number one go-to why a fertility diet isn't working for someone? Yeah, I just think the fertility diet is, is, well, especially, okay, if you look at the Harvard nurses study, which is the fertility diet is, is based on, so a study of over 18,000 nurses over the course of eight years, I really gave you those, 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 I think there's like 10 different things to do. Um, some of those things in there are good, but from a functional standpoint, we just take it further. So like, I think one of the recommendations in there is to eat, make sure you have complex carbs. Well, to me, before you dig into the complex carb thing and do your whole wheat and all that, make sure you don't have a sensitivity to gluten. I would say a lot of people that we work with, I'd say the majority of people that we work with, there's a sensitivity to gluten. So that piece is missed. People are like digging into the, you know, all the seven grains and the 12 grains and all the different grains, but that's an issue. Um, The other one on that, on the fertility diet recommendations, the Harvard study talks about um, eating full fat dairy. My thing is like, I think it's over 75% of people are intolerant to dairy. So first of all, discover to see if you have a sensitivity to dairy by doing the elimination diet, or you can do a food sensitivity test. Um, start with the elimination diet first, before you go into like raw organic um, milk. Uh, if you do go back, yeah, because basically in the study, it talks about not doing skim milk. So um, 
because the prolactin and the skim milk, then that's going to impact your hormones. So yeah, so those, those first two things, looking at it from a functional standpoint, like we would dig deeper with, that's just like the surface level. And then the basic decent recommendations, but go deeper because there could be food sensitivities. And they talk about caffeine, they talk about um, like pop or soda, um, making sure that that's, um, yeah, I think it was in the study they talked about, I don't have the study in front of me, but I'm just looking over there because the, the book's over there. But um, <laughs> yeah, they talked about not having that soda. Well, um, what was it? The sugar? I guess it's the sugar that's that's in there that's impacting your yeah. Uh, fertility. So yeah, like there's there's pieces of it that are, are good, but um, we take an individualized approach in functional medicine. And it's like a relatively old study, right? It's, it's yeah, an old way of thinking about nutrition where one, you lumped everyone in to the same mold and yep. uh, do the same thing. And then two, it's just a very old way, uh, school of thinking of about food and about what is actually, um, healthy for us. And, um, I think a lot of people get caught up on all these new diet fats too, like keto, paleo, even AIP, which is the autoimmune, autoimmune paleo, there's gaps, uh, one other food, um, the whole 30, you know, so you get like, um, sucked into this one way of diet and you see it working for everyone else. And you're like, well, why isn't it working for me? And the simple answer is it's not the right diet for you. Oh, exactly. I'm a, a, like a living proving case of all that. I went paleo for a whole year, a year, and I still didn't get pregnant. And it, I would have never got pregnant on a paleo diet, even though that is for a lot of people, um, a great diet, low inflammation. Um, it, you know, it does wonders for people. For me, I had to go even deeper and figure out that you know, I couldn't eat tomatoes and paprika and normal healthy things. And it's kind of a mindset trip, right? When you realize you can't eat healthy food. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I think with that, back to the, the diet piece there with the, yeah, the keto, the paleo, the vegan, the, like all these things, those diets have worked for someone because that's why they were developed. They have worked for someone, but they may not, may not work for you. And that's why, like, we always start everyone with the elimination diet. Yeah. It's like, I think everyone should do the elimination diet. Take out the top allergens. You know, I probably talked about it before, but dairy, gluten, soy, corn, peanuts, eggs. Take them out for 10 days, systematically reintroduce them. See how, you know, see how the foods impact your body um, and really take a, an individual approach to this because, you know, parts of keto could be good, but if you're doing dairy keto, maybe you have a dairy sensitivity. Everyone's like, woo, keto, I get lots of cheese. If you're saying, woohoo, I get, I get a lot of cheese, that, that could be an issue because potentially the thing that you can't live without is the thing that you're, that you're most sensitive to. Right. Uh, you, know, you could be like having so much and you know, keto is paleo on steroids, but paleo could be, could be, maybe it's like just too much meat. Yeah. I personally, I, I, I need, I do need meat, but I don't need like heaping quantities at every meal. It just makes me feel heavy and I just don't feel great. So it's, yeah, I don't understand this whole wrapped up. I was actually at dinner with a woman the other day and she was talking about when she was like weightlifting and how, um, you know, she was very controlled with her portions and talking about ounces and this much and that much. And 
I don't like for me, I feel like that's a, a very scary place to go with your food. Um, you know, I think it's, um, I mean, we do have to hyper focus on our food when we're trying to figure out our food sensitivities and what works for us. But those diets that tell you, you can only have a certain portion of this is once again, not doing any justice to you because you might need a little bit less or you might need a little bit more. And that's why the diet isn't working and you're not listening to yourself and you're just following along with the march. Yeah. To me, don't, yeah, don't count calories count chemicals <laughs> I like that one where it's because everyone gets like oh my goodness like the weight thing and and just focused on the complete wrong thing I did that I did like after I had my daughter I went on Weight Watchers because I, I had like extra 40 pounds I'm like what am I doing and I, I counted all these calories I was doing like Aunt Jemima syrup and all this junk that I ate like I, I did that Aunt Jemima syrup for years until I finally went back to maple syrup which I grew up with I'm like damn, why was I eating high fructose corn syrup? Like just garbage. But yeah, it's, I think the, the, it's, I think it's good to explore some of those other diets and paleo, keto, you know, plant-based vegan could be a, a doorway in to actually looking at eating, you know, not processed food. So real food, but for fertility and everyone typically on fertility, it doesn't matter if you're 28 or 38, you're past the point of when you want to expand your family. To me, just taking a more targeted approach, it'll just get faster results. Like you, you can be doing a whole whack of stuff, but it's just not getting the, like getting the results that you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, with the elimination diet, um, what about eliminating, um, you know, like your canola oils and, you know, all your hidden stuff in those, you know, packages, that nowadays, I feel like it's harder for people to eat a clean diet because the marketing companies have got on to this whole health, fitness, paleo, you know, you see on your packets, 30, 30 whole approved and, um, right. And, um, I've talked about this before. I got sucked into it when I moved to Hawaii one, because it's just a stressful time moving countries anyways. Um, but I have two, I have a vegan store and I have a Whole Foods I can throw rocks at. And, you know, I just went in thinking healthy. I'm, I'm eating healthy. And I saw, even though I was started to eat a little bit more corn and rice in my diet, um, I started seeing my health decline again. And I had to like, like check myself, like, okay, what are you doing? Start looking at the packets of what you're eating again. And I'm like, shit, I'm like guzzling canola oil. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I, I got sucked into the, this is healthy, right? So it, during the elimination diet, is that something that you guys do as well? Do you focus on like, you can't, don't buy packets? Yeah, it's kind of like that Michael Palin thing where if your, grand, if your great grandmother is like, I don't know, I don't understand what, I don't understand what that ingredient is, don't, don't have it. Or if it's got more than five ingredients, you don't want to have it. But really like the elimination diet and also like there's no processed sugar and you want to cut out those, those um, oils that we talk about, you want to of the good, the the the, the uh, good fats like the olive oil, the sesame oil, the um, coconut oil, um, avocado oil, like those good oils. I know, and I was in a gluten free chip phase there, which was like canola oil. I'm like, mm. right. yeah, <laughs> we've all been there. Like, it's not about perfection, but it's just no, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's oh, about wow. being aware, right? You're like, oh wait, I feel like garbage. What you know why? And to to dig into it, but I think those, those diets can be like, there's a, like a lot of, 
um, promotion, I guess, behind or PR behind those diets. And, and people, I can't tell you the number of people in the beginning of, the, of 2019 that I spoke to that were on keto. Like, I am freaking telling you, I must have like, the amount of people I spoke to, they're like, I'm doing the keto diet. Because everyone's like, woo, it's January, February, I'm going to do the keto. And then, you know, some people it works. Other people, they lost their periods. Like, it, it does not work for everybody. Yeah, um, I'm not a huge fan of keto, especially for fertility. Um, I think there is certain circumstances. But, and I've said this on the podcast before, um, I was put on a keto diet not knowing what it was. And yeah, like, I had always been regular. And all of a sudden, my cycles were wonky. And I was thin, thin as fuck. And um even though subconsciously I'm like, woohoo, I'm like, I'm trying to get a baby on board. Like who's going to want to live in a skeleton? <laughs> like I need something on me to support this baby. Um, so it was bad all around for me. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's the thing with diets and what we're trying to promote. And I think maybe a lot of people are openly welcoming now is, you know, just eat real food. Um, and it's harder said than done. And as we've just both said, like we dive into canola oil every once in a while. Um, but when you're going through infertility, and I know when I was going through my journey, I was an, I was hardcore about it. You know, I made sure what I was eating was the right thing um, because I was desperate and I didn't really have any guidance or support of what I should be doing or that it was okay to, you know, have a treat every once in a while. You know, I know when I was pregnant with my first son and I had figured out that um, nightshades were causing the issue, um, I was petrified to have a nightshade because I thought I would miscarry. And it was a really shitty thing to go through because it doesn't work like that, right? It doesn't, you know, if you have one, you know, for me, I'm not, um, you know, it's different if you're allergic to peanuts and you have a, a huge reaction and you need an EpiPen. <laughs> but um, we're talking about, you know, sensitivities um, that aren't, you know, going to cause life and death. But in your mind, you get to that place where, and it's a scary place to be. Yeah, because you kind of, yeah, because it's like the immediate reaction. So the IgE, that's the one you go to the allergist and you get tested for. And my son has these anaphylactic to kiwi and a lot of people, yeah, with peanuts or so the anaphylactic thing with the EpiPen, that's no joke. But these are war, are these delayed reactions and we, you never really connect it. That's why people, the majority of people I speak to, I don't have a food sensitivity. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, everyone that we speak to, there's a food sensitivity going on. But it could be, yeah, sensitive to your favorite foods, which then it's like leaky gut and digging into those gut issues. But um, yeah, I just think I find a lot of people will ignore the food piece or they will have done a bunch of things and say it doesn't work. That's yeah. why like, having, like that proven like protocol where like there's steps and there's testing and there's things to wait to, so you don't mess around and you could try all these different diets and some people obviously are successful, but why waste time? Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel like if... Um if you've been at it, like I know I was at it for years and years and years. Um, and I was willing to go, okay, I'll go a next step. I'll, I'll wipe the, you know, wipe it clean and look at it from a different perspective of where I need to go. And, um, I think fortunate for, you know, anyone struggling right now is that you have people like us that have done it. You don't have to go 
back to the drawing board or, you know, struggle for a year doing paleo and know that you need more, you know, there are ways and there's plenty of books out there too that, um, you know, are just getting the message across a lot clearer. I know that um, for me, let's say about four or five years ago, I would get asked, what do you think about Zeta West? And I think she's amazing. I think what her clinic is doing is amazing. Um, but her books just were really basic on the nutrition stuff. And they, she was still like saying, you know, have your whole grains and this. And I was just like, no, people with autoimmune issues need to look into that. They need to know whether or not they can have those. And she's just done the, um, I'll grab it real quick. Uh, the backlog to the updated version of is your body baby friendly and if you're watching this on youtube you'll see it um but so this is all this is how i kind of discovered i had an autoimmune issue was from this book i was like right there's something going on and um she's done the nutrition part like the the um holistic kind of side because he's still well he's he's passed away now but what his practice is is still about you know the drugs and stuff but um she's changed her mind. She's changed her tune on um, wheat and gluten having a big effect. And even on the nightshades with people with autoimmune issues. So I was really pleased to see that because she's like, she's huge, right? Like if you're going through IVF, most people know who Zeta West is, whether you go to her clinic or pick up one of her books. Um, so I was really happy to see that. Um, the mindset is changing with that. Okay, so um, we're eating a really good diet. Maybe we have, um, are you still there? Yep. Okay, um, maybe we have, um, we feel good, we feel better on it, uh, but something, it's still not clicking. So you mentioned a little bit about gut issues. So let's dive into like leaky gut, first of all. So. Yeah, like to me, if you're if you're if you've gone gluten free and dairy free for a minimum of sixty days, ninety days, a minimum of sixty days, and you're still not pregnant, like, and you're a hundred percent gluten and dairy free because it doesn't work. Dairy free and dairy light doesn't work. Um, so gluten light and the dairy light doesn't work because if the body still has a sensitivity to it, it's it's the body's going to mount mount an immune response and there's still inflammation there. So to me, it's to dig further with is there a gut infection? So there's different stressors on your body of food sensitivity is a stressor, gut infections, a stressor, environmental toxins, like your personal care, your cleaning chemicals, there's all those. Um, the, um, what's the other one, the structural stressor and the mental emotional one. So I think a lot of the ones that are those five stressors, structural stressor is a misalignment in your, in your body, be it a pinched nerve or, or something out of alignment in your body. I think a lot of people think about stressor and infertility, just the mental emotional side of it. So with the food sensitivity, the gut infection, the environmental toxins, those are like three of the main ones that we focus on. Obviously also the, 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 the mental emotional, but um, looking into a gut, like a gut infection. So we do the GI map uh, stool test. Yeah. So DNA your stool. And then looks at, I would say the majority of people we work with probably same with you. It's like they have a, a parasite bacterial infection or a fungal infection. Like there's something going on in the gut. Yeah. And, you know. and that basically what that means is that um, even though you're eating all this amazing food, your gut is not working properly. So it cannot, um, 
you know, assimilate it to give you the nutrients that you're eating. And so it's really important. And I know people are probably so sick of me banging on gut health, but, um, and it was the cornerstone of my infertility. Like it's crazy to think that my gut was making me infertile. And I think for a lot of us, that is the issue. You know, if you think about it, how do you do anything in life, like living wise, right? You put it in your mouth and it goes to your gut, your vitamins, your food, your water, your drugs, for the most part, you know, it all, your gut has to handle that shit. And if it's not healthy and if it's not working in the way it should, it's not going to handle it properly. And then that's where you get even the more inflammation and your, your beautiful right diet just isn't working for you. Yeah. You're not absorbing. You can eat that wonderful diet. You're not absorbing all those nutrients. So like if you've been on antibiotics, like I was for all those sinusitis and bladder infections. So again, destroying all the benefit, the, the good and the bad uh, bacteria in the gut. Uh, I was on hormonal birth control pills for, geez, like 10 years. Cause after being diagnosed with POF, that's what they say, go on the birth control pill. And I was also on it before I was diagnosed with POF, which did it trigger that? I don't know. Um, so that then disrupts your, the, you know, the, the health of your gut predisposing you to those, those, um, gut infections and, and, you know, intestinal permeability. So, um, and then stress, stress too. Like, so there's a bunch of things that will, will then predispose you to gut infections. Um, but those are kind of the main ones we see as the antibiotics, the long-term hormonal birth control, and then obviously stress, um, long-term stress and then going through infertility. Most people are coming to see me after like two years of, of struggling. So <laughs> the mental emotional side of it and to, to dig into this gut health and we always find some sort of gut infection. Yeah. Infection or yeah, leaky gut. And the thing is, is that a lot of your hormones, you know, are need a healthy gut to be healthy hormones. So it's one in the same, you know, we need to really start looking at, our fertility issues as a huge whole body health issue, you know, to fix these things. Like, I just think like, you're not going to go like rub cream all over your ovaries, or you're not going to like pop a pill up your vagina to like fix your ovaries, right? You put it in your mouth. <laughs> I think like what I'm laughing because like, I think once you like realize this and you see you actually look at it and you see how it works. It's kind of like, well, why isn't this common sense? Yeah, I, it, it's, it is once you know it. And that's why like you and I are both doing this podcast. I do my podcast. We, we both educate because it's like, why don't people know this? Cause it is common sense. And, um, but it's, you know, I, I just think people are, it's interesting in the people that are dealing with infertility, they're not necessarily a sick population in general. Like general, most people are coming to me and they're, they're, they're not like, oh my goodness, I can barely get out of bed. Some people are, but, but in general, they feel okay. They're like, I just can't get pregnant. Mm -hmm. So they don't, there's not even anywhere thought that there could be something else going on in the body they can do. Um, and it's like off to the fertility clinic, but like, like an IVF is a, an average cost of 60 K at, at three cycles. So like that is a lot of money. And why don't we look here and take a functional approach, which still is an investment, but it's like the, a fraction of the cost and you can actually impact your health, the health of your child, your postpartum health, and then your future generations because you've, you know, dealt with all the issues that are going on. But I guess, yeah, like to me looking at gut health and um, 
yeah, it's interesting with what we, as you say, with that, with that Zeta West there and having that being added to our book, like we knew this years ago. So we don't need to have wait for a study or wait for someone because people are saying, you know, there's, if you, but actually there's tons of studies now on this to, to prove, you know, I'm interviewing, um, Oh, what's her name? I interviewed Angie Alt from Autoimmune Wellness about, uh, they did a, a medical study on um, IBD, so irritable bowel disease and, and the, the effect of the um, AIP diet. And within, I think, 75% of, there was a ton of people in the study, maybe 20 people, 75% of them went into remission with the AIP diet after six weeks. So that's the autoimmune protocol diet. And it's like, um, that's just making you know, dietary changes. These people were, were and it was, they were, they were long-term sufferers. They've just done another study, which I'm interviewing the, the medical director for the study for, the, for my podcast, Dr. Um, Abbott, and they did a Hashi study, so Hashimoto study, same thing, AIP, so autoimmune protocol for the autoimmune uh, disease and being able to reverse and, and lower um, uh, antibodies in Hashimoto. So like diet is huge and it's, and it's shocking that people... Like, I think we all, I don't know, what we place on our fork every day does matter. And so, and there's a whole societal thing here, right? Where people look yeah. at you, oh my God, look at you, you're some crazy person. I'll be at the restaurant. Okay, I'm gluten-free, dairy-free, and corn-free. I love that. So yeah, you become a pain in the ass and you're like high maintenance and it's- <laughs> 100%. Like, then after a, while, after a while, you just don't give a flying fuck. Like you just don't. No, uh-uh. Like, I don't look at the menu. Usually when I go to a restaurant, I'll be like, okay, I look in here, if I'm in a, you know, wherever I am. I'll try to order something or I'll, I'll just say, this is what I have. What do you recommend? Cause I like everything. So I don't care as long as it doesn't have those allergens. Yep. People can, it's just gone to the point now. No one really says anything. Some, yeah. people, will, some people will say, Oh, they'll feel bad for what they're ordering. They'll make comments. Oh, I'm just ordering this kind of trashy thing. Will you hear this? Sit there, eat this healthy stuff. I'm like, there's no judgment. Yeah. I will do you do you. You'll come over when you're ready. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's like a, a huge thing that you just say, the psychology behind your food and like how you feel towards it and then how you feel people are perceiving you. It's, I know that I really struggled with that because um, I was never a fussy eater. I would eat anything and everything. I would drink anything like it was fine. And then to all of a sudden, especially when you have to go autoimmune, I mean, you are yeah people are like what you you don't like tomatoes i'm like no i love tomatoes tomatoes don't love me <laughs> like there's a difference and like you say after a while um especially when you're seeing results in your health and how you feel and then when you're um, dealing with infertility and you're seeing even better results of like you're getting your cycles back or um, your hormones are improving you're getting pregnant you're staying pregnant you have a baby you could not give a fuck what people think no. and now i'm just like look i have two healthy kids i am healthy physically and mentally like this is a win-win situation with me and if you want to judge me for it then you judge me because it, it doesn't matter your opinion no, about yeah. me doesn't matter no, <laughs> but it's, it's hard to get there yeah it, it's empowering to do it this way though because you can sit there and complain and say that nothing's working or there, there's actually things to look at it's just looking at things differently and but you'll but you'll come when you're ready You'll yes. hear the message. Hopefully you're listening to this podcast right now and you're like, okay, I, I, I'm, you're here for a reason listening to this and it's time to take action. So, you know, you, to start with the elimination diet, start tonight. Yeah. Do it with your partner. 
do with your partner. Yeah, that that's one key thing. I would say get your at least one person in your life that's going to be your support system because it is it is hard. And that was my one heated argument over like nine years of infertility with my husband is when I decided that I was going to change my diet um, just to the paleo. Um, he didn't want to do it with me. He was because he was fine, right? His sperm was fine. He was fine. He was functioning, you know, like he had an amazing job and, you know, life was fine. And in the kitchen, I'll just never, you know, there's moments you'll never forget. And basically, I said, if you don't do this with me, I'm not having kids with you because it's, I'm the one going through everything the IVF, the drugs. You know, now I'm changing my diet on my own and I'm on my own. I wake up 15 minutes early to make sure that I can cook a breakfast and make a lunch. And you're still just getting up, having your shitty bowl of Cocoa Pops, having a shit in a shave and going off to work. And so he was like, all right, well, I have to do it because he wanted kids. And um, so he did it slowly. And I'll never forget this moment. We we're sat at breakfast and I was still doing everything, which I didn't mind. As long as he was getting up to eat and he ate the meals I gave him, in my mind, that was better than nothing. And so I was getting up and doing it all right. Like the dishwasher was unloaded, like it's type A, totally like everything's done. And he's sitting there and he's like, you know, we're doing a really good job with this, aren't we? <laughs> I went, yeah, I fucking am. <laughs> I was like, I'm really good at this. And, you know, this is going back uh, probably five years now and he's much better and he's totally on board with things. And he even saw improvements in his mental clarity. He was borderline narcolept, like everyone, he could just fall asleep anywhere. He was always sluggish and tired. And um, I always... um, I always say to him that he owes his career, the end of his career in the Royal Air Force to our infertility because he became a Red Arrow, uh, which is the, um, the display team. And, you know, it's the elite of the elite. And I said, you would have never got onto that team if you didn't have the mental clarity that you got from the diet you were on. Right. And then that obviously spiraled into, you know, coming to Hawaii, to, to Hawaii. But, um, yeah, and then on top of that, his fine sperm improved by millions. Mm. So, figure, eh? right, um, and that was just diet. Like he didn't do any of the mindset stuff. Like um, that just wasn't his thing. Still, really isn't his thing, and that's fine. Like I don't necessarily feel. I feel mindset is important because when you're doing all these diet changes, it really helps you to get through the shitty times of the diet change. But I suppose for him, he had me to do it. <laughs> so yeah, he didn't have to dig as deep as I did. Um, but yeah, so I think, I know there's kind of a big debate about diet and mindset, right? Which one, which one would you choose if you had to do one? Me? Yeah. Diet. Diet, yeah. I think everyone goes down mindset. Diet, diet is harder, I think. Um, but like to me, to me, if you're in the, and a lot of people in the fertility community go straight to the mindset, we're like visualizing and we're, there's a block and there's trauma and, and this is not to belittle any of that. Cause I completely believe in mindset. We have a mindfulness program. I, I know that people have just done mindfulness, you know, 
steps and get pregnant naturally. So I'm not belittling it, but I don't like when I think people are just, just doing mindset and then they're eating a cheeseburger. Like what do you think, like you're putting, you know, these, these great thoughts in your body. And a lot of times the, it's kind of could be the gateway though for people though. They can start with the mindset and they're like, wow, I actually, you know, I've setting boundaries. I'm self-love. I'm, I'm, I feel like mentally better. Now I can think of eating, you know, something different, especially if you've been through like multiple IUIs and, and IVFs that has failed, I would not start someone with diet. That is just way too hardcore. Like if you've been through two, three, four, five failed IVFs, wherever it may be, um, and we're gonna be like, let's do the elimination diet. I just think that is, it's too hardcore. Um, but if you've just been diagnosed, elimination diet, yeah go for it. Even, even after only one, after one failed IUI or one failed IVF diet, um, first, and then we add in the mindset piece to it because that is equally as important. But I think people, yeah. I think it might be slightly easier. I don't know. I think it might be slightly easier to go to do, to do, to do the mindset rather than the food. You think? Oh, I found, I think diet, I think that if, um, if we're going to pick one thing to cure your infertility, diet's got to be it for me. Um, I'm For me, that was my truth. You know, I could have been, sunshine could have been coming out of my ass and I still wouldn't have got pregnant because I was still putting um, all the inflammation in my body with the nightshades. Yeah. So, um, but I found the emotional side and the mental work so much harder. And I think that's a, a good way to end today because next week we're going to talk about um, dealing with the past and how our insecurities may be um, a little bit of a cause of our infertility. So thank you so much, Richard and Sarah, for joining us. And I hope you guys um, just got a little bit of clarity about diet and maybe why your fertility diet isn't working for you right now and maybe where you can go to improve your situation. Um, so yeah, we will see you next week. A few more things before you go. If you like what we're doing, please leave a review and or a rating. We would greatly appreciate it and it would totally help us out. Also, if you'd like to connect with either of us, you can find me, Monica, over at mymindfulme.com and you can connect with Sarah over on fabfertile.com. All the links you need to find us on our websites, our social media, any products we talk about, book, special offers, or any guests that we have on, you're going to find all that information in the show notes. So that's it. Thank you once again for being with us here on the Infertile Diagnosis and have a beautiful day.